Brought to you by Fruitnet Media, this is Fruitbox. Hello and welcome to Fruitbox, Fruitnet's series of conversations about the fresh fruit and vegetable business with me, Chris White. Every week I talk down the line with people from across the world of fresh produce about some of the biggest issues they face today. I want these conversations to give you the best insight into how to do better business in fresh fruits and vegetables. Now, in this week's episode of Fruit Box, I want to look at berries and the way the category has grown in recent years and where the new opportunities are for category, category growth in the short, medium uh, and long term. Uh, and to talk berries with me today, I'm delighted to be joined down the line by Rob Harrison, who's the commercial director at Berry Gardens, the largest grower and marketer of berries here in the UK. Rob, welcome to Fruitbox. Hi, Chris. Nice to be here. Now, our, our timing really couldn't be better because just a few days ago, um, you announced that Berry Gardens has been acquired by Driscoll's. Uh, tell us more, Rob. What, what's happening? Yes, the cat's out of the bag. Um, uh, what I think is really positive news for, for both Berry Gardens and Driscoll's. Um, Ultimately, it's bringing together the UK's largest berry business, as you just described, with the Europe's largest and, in fact, the globe's largest berry company. And I guess all the synergies that, that unlocks, whether it be MPD, R&D, um, but ultimately, at the moment, it's business as usual as we uh, tackle the, the UK season ahead of us. And, and there are going to be more developments than we'll hear about in, in due course, I think you said, in the, in, in the next few months. But I guess um, Driscoll's interest in berry gardens really is, is no big surprise. After all, Yours has always been a very close relationship um, and some kind of get-together, I think, was always on the cards or certainly was always rumoured. And let's not forget that the story of berries over the last decade and more here in the UK has been one of almost unparalleled growth in sales. So it's kind of, it's not a surprise that this is happening. No, look, I don't think so. And hopefully it's not a surprise to to, to our customers and, and, and to, I guess, to yourselves. But um, uh, yeah, we've worked together for over 20 years. Um, and I guess the, the advantages of working with a business that you know, and they know us really, really well. Um, Driscoll's have got some outstanding uh, varieties, and I guess we've been uh, able to market those in the UK market for a long time. Um, ultimately, we're committed together to work to, to developing um, the British market, building the opportunity for, for British fruit and for 52-week year supply. Um, I think the opportunities that, that this, this deal will bring will ultimately be around sort of investing in, in the UK market, investing in the category, allowing us to leverage things like the, the technologies um, that, that allow sustainable um, production for the for long-term future. From our point of view, um, you know, that, that security of, of accessing that varietal pipeline. Uh, and then I guess more generally beyond that is looking at areas like, you know, how do we grow the category? Interestingly, you, you talk about that unparalleled growth in the category for the last however many years, but actually I think, you know, we see more recently is actually that has slowed up a little bit. Um, and ultimately, we want to try and tap into some of the trends that are playing out in the marketplace, be that healthy eating, be that, I guess, probably the, the response to COVID um, and people's consciousness around actually, how do I, how do I eat better? Um, how do I eat more fruit in my diet? And berries are such a wonderful product um, that I think they talk really, really well to that agenda. So it's looking at what are the occasions and, and the moments uh, and the consumers that we need to tap into to, to, to help un, un, unlock that. Um, equally, at the same time, you've got a number of things playing out in the marketplace, be it the HFSS agenda, so the high-fat salt-sugar legislation that's coming down the line, and I guess the world of retailers needing to react to that, and, and I guess how we can help them in that journey to support them for the longer term. Ultimately, what we hope this relationship will do in the long term is just encourage more people to, 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 to consume berries, and I think 
you know, that environment around um, you know, healthy eating and I guess giving them greater access to great tasting varieties is, is what we're hopefully going to be all about. And uh, much of the growth that we've seen uh, until now in berries, which has really been really substantial over the last decade and more, is, is attributable, I guess, to the simple fact that you just find more berries at the point of sale. When you go into a supermarket here in the UK, you simply see more berries available in, in the fixture, certainly compared to other markets uh, in, in other parts of Europe. Um, that's the fact that they command more shelf space in any and every supermarket. That's down to the fact that you can kind of find more varieties that eat better uh, and more consistently through a, a much longer season. Is that, is that, is that why? Look, I think definitely the availability of, of better berries, you know, 52 weeks a year has been a major, major driver, driving factor of that growth. And actually the quality of those varieties. And I think, you know, it's not that long ago that you go that the, the, the UK season was literally a matter of a couple of months. Which kind of started, started now almost around, we're talking in the week of Wimbledon. Wimbledon was always this moment, the tennis tournament, tournament when the kind of British berry season or the English berry season would start. It, it, that's not the case anymore, is it? No, no. I mean, yes, as I say, that's when it would historically start. Well, we've had strawberries in this market for, for, for nearly four months now um, from, from British suppliers. So that's pretty exciting. I think also the, the quality of those, those varieties has, has measurably improved. We've got varieties that we're certainly very proud of, the likes of Driscoll Zara, Victoria, and Maravia, which we think just generally eat uh, you know, better than, than, than most. And therefore, you know, delighting customers along the way is, is you know, an important part of that, that recruitment. And I guess getting people to come back and, and come back again to try them. Um, you know, expansions in areas like glasshouse production has allowed us to, I guess, bridge some of the gaps. You know, one of the first challenges for the industry is around making sure you don't have the dips in availability. Um, there's nothing worse than sort of gaining a customer and a shopper for a product and then not having any available. So as an industry, we've worked, worked I think, tirelessly to try and get to 52-week year availability. And then as you get that 52-week availability, you start looking at how you can improve that, that availability within those, those, those periods. So you, A, provide a more consistent offer. Uh, and then ultimately raise the bar in terms of it being a better offer. Ultimately, we're competing against a number of other categories, be it you know, other snacks, be it chocolate, crisps, whatever it may be, but also other, other fruit uh, categories. And, and but the challenge with berries till now has been to get that, that quality right. Um, we're seeing you know, really, really good growth um, in terms of you know, areas like the, the 25 to 45-year-old category. And actually, we need to communicate better to those type of shoppers about what we've got and the product we've got um, for, for, for them. And, and actually... The growth in that category is about 40% of the uh, growth in, in that segment alone last year. So we really need to tap into uh, those sort of customers uh, and give them a great product first time and every time so that they, they grow that, shop, that, that, that share of the, of the sale. Um, uh, you mentioned strawberries and, and raspberries there and, and uh, even blackberries and blueberries are, are grown in, in, in Britain today. And, and much of this new growth in demand has, all, uh, has also helped to grow local production. I mean, kind of British consumers... Uh, buying British berries, and, and I guess it's the much the same story in in other markets, whether it's in Germany or in the Netherlands or, or in Scandinavia. It's all about this idea of of local for local. The thing I, I don't really understand is why, if we're right in the middle of the British season as we are at the moment, do I find more imported berries on supermarket shelves than I kind of would expect to? I mean, it's in the middle of your season so what, what what's happening are, are you getting something wrong here yeah well, it's, it's not a perfect industry uh, unfortunately actually this comes back really to, to last year um last year was a was a was a far later and shorter season in general and i think um, um regrettably the 2021 season 
2021 season indeed. Um, and so regrettably what that's meant is that from a, from a, a, I guess a historical point of view is that retailers will look at that and say, historic, you know, historically, I mean, last year we didn't have the supply in that window. And, and I guess they've programmed a lot more imports into that, that window. So it's not great. Clearly when you've got a UK crop there available to sell, you want to be able to sell it. Um, but I guess it's been driven by the fact that, you know, a later season and a shorter availability season has ultimately meant that, that the retailer's number one job was to try and make sure they had availability supply. Um, so we are, I guess, having to just make sure that, that you know this season is different, and we have to make sure we make sure every season beyond this is is the same, and that we're able to get the timings right, bring production forward as to when we need it. Um, there has been, I think, probably a commercial benefit this year as well to um, to retailers staying in imports longer. You know, Spanish, Portuguese crops at this time of year will be cheaper than than their English counterparts, and I think the pressures of inflation that are playing out in the marketplace at the moment are seeing, I guess, some some real challenges. You know. There is on-farm inflation that, that unfortunately uh, UK growers are having to push through. Um, you have probably seen the seasonal agricultural worker scheme uh, increases that came through, uh, unfortunately, very late in the season this year and have driven some real cost in uh, to our growers. In, on top of that, they've seen... That, that, that's the cost for labour to pick the crop. That's the cost for labour to pick the crop. And, and we actually, the industry relies on, on a disproportionate amount of, of that, that total um, seasonal worker uh, labour, which is around about... Um, 60, 70,000 a year, but actually the software industry accounts for out of half of that. And, and that, that increase is it's, it's about 60p above um, the, the sort of minimum wage. And so as a consequence, there's a huge amount of cost that's been pushed into farms this year. I mean, a, a, a decent sized farm may see somewhere in the region of half a million pounds worth of additional cost being pushed through. That's driving you know significant double digit percentage inflation when you add that on top of you know, increases in coir costs, um, fuel costs, etc., on farms. So farms have really, really felt the, the pain this year. They, they have no choice, unfortunately, but to push through uh, a level of increase. And unfortunately, that's probably, in, in doing so, widen the gap a little bit between uh, imported fruit and UK fruit. But um, I guess what we really need is that, that commitment long-term towards UK production. Otherwise, you know, it won't be there for the, for the longer term. That said, with all of that, is I do believe that if we have a great year this year, is that I think uh, consumers and, and retailers are committed to, to British produce. And I think, you know, because it's such a great product, I do think that actually there is the opportunity to, to, to develop the sales and to, to, to build that for the longer term. So it's not all doom and gloom. But the, this preference that there's been for, for locally grown berries that we've talked about, um, do you think that's under more general pressure? And is it all to do with, um, as it were, the price per kilogram, not just at the retail point of sale, but the price or the cost per kilogram I guess we can talk about. I mean, we all hear that the logistics of getting fresh produce into the UK isn't as simple as it used to be. It's it's almost our sixth or it's just sixth sixth anniversary of our vote to leave the European Union here in the UK has just passed. What, what do you have to say about these these kind of longer term pressures that there are out there for yourselves here in the UK? Look, I think we've had a, a bit of a perfect storm of, of pressures. You, know, you go back to Brexit alone and, and just the, the red tape and paperwork that throws in, the cost of labour, which, you know, has gone up exponentially, not just obviously the, the, the sort of the relatively short-term news we've had this year, but has been sort of going up rapidly you know, before that. Raw materials, um, just overall market inflation. You know, two-thirds of the population now are reviewing their spending. Um, and, and, and I genuinely sit sitting there going, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm not completely comfortable with, with my ability to, 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 to cover the, the, the necessities of, of life. And so all of that is, is, is resulting in, 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 I guess, pressure on, on the shelf edge. And I think we have to remember here, it's not just the farmers, but it's also actually retailers are seeing significant inflation. You know, they've had to, I guess, react to, to, to inflation and, and put their own staff uh, salaries up. And so all of that is putting pressure at the shelf edge. We, we collectively really need to find a way through this because ultimately is you know we've got to continue to delight customers give them a great product give them a great offer 
um, but do so in, in a way that is at a sustainable price positioning. So there's a lot of work for the industry and, and retailers to do to make sure that we continue to engage consumers, we continue to delight consumers and give them a product which we believe is exceptionally good value um, uh, along the way. Is this, is this, does this then play to this issue about um, store replenishment, about how the shelves are filled and how often, I guess you want the shelves filled, of course, with, with locally grown British uh, berries. Uh, and as you've mentioned earlier, um, supermarkets may be looking at the, as it were, the, the price equation or the cost equation and thinking actually it's, it's probably easy for us or more cost effective for, for us to do uh, this through imports. And this is where you need that, um, you talked about that dialogue uh, between uh, 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 the various parts of the of the supply chain. Is, is that is that? Do I understand correct? Yeah. Look, I think I think there is there is pressure on the supply chain full stop, and I think you know there's a lot of cost being being driven at the moment. And I would say that you know that supply chain is pretty fragile. Um, you know, we only need to go back last year and the, and the, I guess the, the the haulage crisis that we, we endured. So there is a lot of cost in there. I think you know, there is a real challenge in terms of profitability for all parties concerned. And I guess one of the challenges within, within profitability is around wastage. And I think there is a balance that historically has been better struck between, I guess, availability in stores and wastage that I'm probably seeing at the moment is actually maybe not being uh, as well as well balanced as it has historically. So, you know, we have seen, unfortunately, probably um, a, a reasonable amount of empty shelves appearing on a, on a fairly regular basis. I think partly because of a that, that fragile supply chain network and maybe probably um, a, a little bit of reluctance from, from the retailers part to, to, to I guess, make that wastage figure look look worse than it is and i guess it's you know it's when you're obviously counting the pennies it's clearly uh, a big component so um there needs to obviously be work and, and i guess a review of, of that and i guess um need to look at how we can simplify the supply chain look at you know as you said, said earlier local for local how can we reduce road miles how can we optimize and make make orders more efficient so that we can i guess encourage uh you know retailers to i guess make sure that they've got the right replenishment in stores to to make sure the product's out there and i think probably even at the moment we talked about them being a relatively flat market at the moment but actually, there's probably another five to ten percent in terms of market growth that could be unlocked there, with with obviously that 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 replenishment being being done well, and obviously having availability on shelf. And if I understand this correctly, is that replenishment issue then a discussion between, as it were, the supply chain or uh, you collectively and the retailer? How how do you see that working? It's I mean it's obviously it's right the way through, um, but it, it, it's it's right away from planning in terms of you know the, I guess the, the economics of, of of the industry in terms of you know, how often you can put loads into into depots etc and into stores. Uh, but also is, is I guess the first thing we can do is get to a place where I think um, demand volatility has been a real challenge, and I think collectively we need to understand what does a new normal look like, and it certainly doesn't feel very normal at the moment. But you know you've had. You know, market uh, share uh, or market performance has been maybe 10% up one week, 10% down the next week. That's making it incredibly difficult for supply chain teams, demand planning teams to, to get a handle on what the correct amount of demand is. So I think the first thing is trying to get a better handle on what true demand looks like. I think providing a good, consistent quality product, then being able to kind of get some, some mechanics that work in the, in the current climate better, that are, that are more equitable for both farmers and, and the retailers and, and therefore the consumers down the line as well. Is going to be really really important but i think if we can get those things right we've got a great product and historically it's shown really really good growth and i think we can get back to that i think it's just a collective effort at the moment just to get to a place where we understand what does that demand look like supported with great quality products uh, and, and make sure you deliver it uh, in, in the place so that consumers can pick it up well as a consumer i can tell you that i'm always very happy with the berries i find on my shelves and, uh, and excellent they are too rob thank you so much uh, for joining me today thank you chris absolute pleasure 
So today I was joined down the line by Rob Harrison, Commercial Director of Berry Gardens Limited, the largest grower and marketer of berries. Fruitbox is taking a short summer holiday break for a couple of weeks, but I'll be back with more conversations very soon in this second season of the Fresh Produce Business's favourite podcast. You can find today's conversation with Rob and the many others I'm having here at Fruitbox on our website, fruitnet.com. I share every episode of Fruitbox on my profile on LinkedIn, so connect with me there too, post comments on what you hear, and please do reshare my post with your followers. And don't forget to let me know what issues you want to hear discussed here on Fruitbox. Stay tuned and continue to make Fruitbox your regular listen. That was Fruitbox, and this is Chris White. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. To sponsor a future episode, please email advertising at fruitnet.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Fruitnet Live. And don't forget you can keep up to date with all the latest fresh produce industry news at fruitnet.com.